Heckling fandom, it's been a long slog, but we are finally at the last divisional breakdown for fantasy football. Tonight on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, we talk about how Mac Jones won't win the Super Bowl or help you in fantasy football in 2022. This is the AFC East breakdown of fantasy football. It's time for Garbage Time. Guys, welcome into Garbage Time Fantasy Football. Tonight, it is me and Ryan going with our favorite divisional breakdown, the AFC East, Natural Rivals, me a Jets fan, him a Patriots fan. How are you doing tonight, Ryan? Good, good. Just can't wait to discuss why Matt Jones is so much better than Zach Wilson. Yeah, it's not the only one you uh, have a little bit of a conflict to talk to, too. Another one of our podcasters, JJ, has been kind of shitting on both of our quarterbacks today. So we'll get into that a little bit tonight. Guys, if you like what you hear on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, Make sure to subscribe to us here on YouTube, like and subscribe, leave comments down. We are very interactive and we'll get back to you. You can also join us in audio format on Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, Amazon, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and anywhere else you get podcasts. And if you're shy and want to leave us voicemails, you can do that at www.garbagetimeff.com. Or you can scream at us if you're not so shy and leave the voicemails there as well. Uh, Ryan, you ready to get into the news before we get into this divisional breakdown? Yeah, let's get into it. News updates. Guys, if you don't like the opinions we give you on the news too, make sure you can scream at us also in the messages at Garbage Time Fantasy Football on Instagram or at Garbage underscore Time FF on Twitter. First bit of news we have for you tonight is James Robinson surprisingly will not start training camp on the pup list. Ryan, this excites me because he's on my fantasy football uh, dynasty team. I didn't think I was going to get anything but maybe second half uh, production out of him. But what's your thoughts on him? What is his range? My personal thought is I look at him as a flex running back this year because of the counterpart on that team coming back as a first-round pick with maybe low-end second wide receiver potential maybe in the second half of the year as he's coming back from that injury. What's your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, so I definitely think for Robinson dynasty owners um, – that him him looking like he's on a solid timeline to be able to play the whole season is definitely a plus. You're you're not looking at someone that you could probably play in the flats easily. Um, and you'll get some solid production out of him. Maybe have a couple um RB two type games. You will still have to kind of hedge your expectations because you do have Travis Etienne coming back. Um, yeah. But you can assume that they're 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 not going to want to dump a ton of work on Etienne right away either. So. You you can definitely expect to see some production out of Robinson if he if he's able to start the season healthy. What range are you putting him at? Is it at that flex spot? Is that low number two, or are you just evaluating and not really sure where to put him at this? Yeah, point? I'd say RB two flats, um, RB three if you have three running bats on your on your team. Um, I think RB three is a, a pretty is pretty realistic. Okay, yeah, let's keep those expectation lows for him. Uh, next little bit of news we have for you is the Giants hosted free agent tight end Eric Ebron for a workout Monday. Uh, what's your thoughts on this uh, concerning their tight end position? doesn't seem like they got a lot going on for that roster. They got some young players on that, but it seems like there's really a void there that could really be filled at the tight end position. 
Yeah, so right now they have Ricky Seals-Jones at the top of their depth chart for tight ends. So Eric Ebron, if they signed him, he would probably he'd probably be the starter right away. Um, the biggest issue on that team is Daniel Jones because he's not very good. Yeah, and Ricky Seals-Jones is interesting because uh, he was a viable fantasy tight end for teams last year, and he's kind of a little bit of a surprise, but – I kind of feel like if they brought in Eric Ebron, he would be a more consistent staple for that team. So I think he would get yep. the majority of the work. I, I still don't think anyone's really even top 10, even top 12 viable for fantasy football. So I think I would still steer clear of that. Next little yep. bit of news we yeah, definitely. Next little bit of news we have tonight is the athletics. Uh, Dan Poplar expects wide receiver Josh Palmer to distance himself as a clear third wide receiver during training camp. Do you think this is going to be the expectation? Do you like it for fantasy football, late round flyer? What do you got on him? Yeah, so I carried Josh Palmer on my dynasty team for quite a while this past season. Um, I don't know if he's on there anymore or not. Um, it's – I just don't know. Even as wide receiver three, I don't know if I see enough production there to really warrant him being drafted. What do you think? I think that offense can easily sustain uh, two wide receivers. We saw a little bit of work up at the third wide receiver on that team, but I think you would need to see – them more go towards outside wide receivers because obviously I think Keenan Allen is more reputable to playing outside and in the slot. Mike Williams is an outside guy. So you would need someone to have that repertoire on the outside and maybe an injury happen to one of these guys for them to be more viable. So this kind of goes with the old adage. You need an injury for someone to be really viable, but as a last round flyer, there's nothing wrong with it, but he's not going to be viable right away for you. Um, especially in fantasy football formats for the chargers and real football. Yes. I think it is viable, but. Not for us as of this moment. Next little bit of news I've got for you comes from The Athletic again. This revolves Tyler Algier. So The Athletic's Josh Kendall reports. There's a scenario where you can see Algier becoming Atlanta's starting running back this season. Does this surprise us at all? Because it doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me at all. I said it a lot um, leading up towards our dynasty draft. And while we were just kind of talking, the, you know, the Patterson experiment kind of fizzled out towards the end of this last season. Um, teams were starting to figure it out. He's got Damian Williams is on the depth chart. Um, I could easily see Algier being being the starting running back pretty quickly and getting a decent-sized workload right away. What's his ceiling for fantasy football this season? Is it going to be a slow start for him? Cordell Patterson going to fade? What's what's the range? Yeah, I, was, I, think they would, I think they'll start with Patterson um, and then kind of start to work Algier into it. Um, but I think as the season goes on, I should definitely see you get, getting flex value out of him. I, I think the ceiling is actually even a little bit higher than James Robinson's this upcoming season. Him being fresh, him being in a little bit of a weaker offense, they're going to want to see what they can get with these younger guys. Um, I don't think it's going to be on yards or carry where you see him. He's a little bit bland as a running back, but there's volume here for him to pick up uh, because I think they're going to look to use Cordell Patterson in the passing game. I don't know if it'll be early. They may put him in a committee early, but as he separates himself and they lose more games, they're going to want to play those younger players. So I think Tyler Algier is more prone for that second half breakout as opposed to starting off hot. Uh, Next little bit of news we have here too. This is uh, more on a somber note. Texans wide receiver Don John Meshi was diagnosed with an acute uh, leukemia and will likely not be playing football in 2022. This sucks for dynasty football. This sucks for his family. And this just sucks all around. Um, he really could have carved himself out a role this year. So 
taking the life aspect away from it, what's this going to do for the Texas Texans wide receiver core going forward? Yeah, it definitely um, sets for dynasty owners who probably had their draft already. Um, we did. Um, you know, Does they do got, anything for Nico Collins, Brevin Jordan. Yeah, I mean, so obviously, I think uh, he would have come in and probably carved out a role pretty quickly alongside Brandon Cooks because um, I think he's more talented than Chris Conley, Nico Collins. So it kind of it kind of brings their their value back up a little bit. Okay, next little bit of news we have here too. Lions place wide receiver Jameson Williams and linebacker Natrez Patrick on the non-football injury list. We are not concerned with the linebacker because this is fantasy football. We don't play full team fantasy football in most leagues. So uh, what's your thought on Jameson Williams going on to the pup list? Do you still expect him to miss the early part of the season, or what do you think his timeline is looking like? Yeah, I it wasn't surprising to me to see him on the pup, and I really don't. I see him missing some of the regular season. I don't think the Lions are going to try to rush him back. They got Amara Ross St. Brown. They got DJ Shark. You know, you got Josh Reynolds, Blue Raymond there. Um, so I, I really don't think they're going to rush him back. Okay. And then the NFL is closely monitoring Elvin Kamara's legal situation, but there's no firm timeline. Jeez, it seems to be uh, quite the pattern with a lot of potentially suspended players this season. Are we going to get to the regular season without a suspension for this? They said his case is expected for August, but it has been delayed twice. What's your thoughts on Alvin Kamara? Is he nothing but kryptonite in the first two rounds? Are you looking at him somewhere between three to six? What's the range where you could pick him if he gets that six-game suspension before the season, if he even does get it before the season? Yeah, I'm staying away from him those first couple rounds just because you don't know when that suspension is going to come down. If the trial gets delayed again and it ends up coming out in October, the NFL will suspend him from October on, you know what I mean? Um, so I think what it makes most confusing is, I mean, Mark Ingram obviously has value if Kamara gets suspended. So it's kind of, you know, when, when do you want to take Mark Ingram or snag him off waivers? If you, if you think Kamara is about to get suspended, um, but I would still be looking at him in later rounds, especially with that, that trial looming, that's going to happen eventually and the NFL can then choose to suspend him at any time all right let's walk down that avenue a little bit that you just talked about mark ingram i think we saw he had a little bit more gas than expected last season and he was kind of in that tussle with tony jones for touches this year so how do you see that like if or is suspended for the first six weeks how do you see that backfield shaping out do you see mark ingram being the exclusive back or do you think it's going to be more of a committee there for the first six weeks for people that pick up these running backs later in drafts mm. Um, I think, I think you could see more of a committee approach. I think you might see Mark Ingram get more of the work. Um, but it would, it would be a committee. Like you won't see Mark Ingram get all of the work that Alvin Kamara would have been getting. Um, but there, there will still be value there for Ingram. You'll, you'll still want to take him pretty late though. All right, now I've got an interesting scenario for you concerning more news because there's reports specifically on two teams about committees potentially happening this year. One is Josh McDaniels entertaining a situational committee at running back. This involves Josh Jacobs. And NBC Sports, Matt Macchiano believes the 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan appears to be determined to deploy more of a backs by committee approach. 
<laughs> which potential committee system concerns you more for fantasy football for the starters on these two teams, considering Josh Jacobs and Elijah Mitchell are the forefronts of these backfields? Um, I think the what so which one which one concerns me the most? Yes. Um, I think I'm going to say the Kyle Shanahan one concerns me the most um because you have elijah mitchell there and you also have jeff wilson jr who has who showed that he he has talent he can run the ball and then you they also went and got Tyrion davis price um really i because I, I think mcdaniels i think jacobs being on his last contract i i do see them just riding him as much as they can um he's on his last year so if anything happens it's not a huge loss to them um, so I think I, and I just think Jeff Wilson, Tyrion, I, I think the 49ers have a lot more talent behind Elijah Mitchell. So I think that one would concern me more. So you wouldn't be concerned with them potentially going to their rookie if Josh Jacobs ended up getting hurt? Um, no, I, cause I don't, I don't really know if I foresee Josh Jacobs getting hurt. I just see them using him as much as possible while he's on his last year. Um, Josh McDaniels is coming from the Patriots. The Patriots have a tendency tendency to do that. Um, so that's almost what I'm predicting over at the Raiders. All right. Uh, my gut is, I think you're right around the lines with this too. The, the 49ers just tend to always have a plethora of backs, expect to get injuries. And I think they want to keep these guys fresh and, Listen, Shanahan has tried this for the last few years where he tries to get that plethora and keep them all healthy by not giving them all a ton of work. And I think he's determined to do that this year. I don't really know how this shakes out for the backfield, but you can probably take those late-round dart throws on a few of these guys and potentially maybe hit at home. I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, currently, I would be a little bit more scared to take on his starting running back, I think, than Josh Jacobs for the Raiders, I, I think could have a little bit more upside. But they're kind of in that weird spot in the fourth, fifth round where you're kind of having that falling off production anyway. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think you're right for this. I, I think I would be more inclined to take the later round running backs, those dark throws, as opposed to Elijah Mitchell in that fourth or fifth round this year. And that's my thoughts on it. And then two more stories. Charles Goodman of Chiefs Wire did not include Ronald Jones as projected 53-man roster. Is this just a beat reporter hating? Because there was a report a week ago, he may just be the starter. Do they just freaking not know what the hell they're talking about and they're just looking for plays? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you got McKinnon there now. You got CEH there. I think he makes the roster, but I don't, I don't I don't see him being fantasy relevant with that with that three committee nightmare over there. I, I don't think he's gonna end up being cut. And I kind of actually think I'm agreeing more along the lines the line of what Ron Seymour was saying on the show, which is Ronald Jones, I think, will end up being the starter on this team eventually, maybe not week one or two. But when CMC, CEH actually fizzles out early, and I kind of think he will, and they need a little bit more of a spark, I think they'll look to go to Ronald Jones. Um, McKinnon looked okay in work last year, and I think he'll remain on the roster, but I think they'll look, look to take more of a veteran approach with this, and I think Ronald Jones will show a little bit more spark than the other two, and that's my gut feeling on it. Right. Last, last little bit of news we have. 
Someone got paid this past week. And you have a little bit of interesting tidbits on that contract. Kyler Murray got $230.5 million, 160 of it. Million of that guaranteed. So, Ryan, what did you find so interesting about Kyler Murray's contract? And is it going to do anything for fantasy football or is it going to stay right between that four to seven range this year? I think it's hilarious that there's a four hour homework requirement where he's not allowed to watch TV or play video games. I think it's so fun. So film study doesn't count on Madden? I guess not. I guess, you know, I just thought it was hilarious. Um, as far as his fantasy value, I see him staying right pretty much where he's been. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's a hatch of a payday for someone that hasn't been winning many playoff games. But cash in when you can, you know? Yeah, I guess that's a good way to look at it, too. And I think it really doesn't affect what he's going to do on the field this year. I think he's got yeah. enough weapons to do exactly what he did last year, which is be excellent for fantasy football for about 13 or 14 weeks and then fizzle right before the playoffs and not help you win your fantasy league. Uh, yep. not, <laughs> I hope that's not the pattern of repeats. He's still a good fantasy quarterback, but he has to show progression at the end of every year. It, it just seems to be a pattern that I've seen for him the last two years because he's been on a lot of my rosters for the last two years. So we'd like to see him make it through the entire year. So. We'll see if that ends up happening. Ryan, you ready to get into the divisional breakdown and argue about some of these teams? Let's do it. All right, our favorite, the AFC East. The last time we're going to see the gyrating guy. On the the best for last. All right, I never thought I would say this, but let's talk about the divisional winning Buffalo Bills. First question I've got for you on the divisional breakdown, Ryan. Will Josh Allen be the number one fantasy quarterback again in 2022? Such a hard question because I don't want to definitively say he'll be number one, but like there's there's no reason not to think that he won't be or that he's not a lock for the top three at least. Um, Coming off the season with 644 passing attempts, 36 touchdowns, Another 700 yards rushing and six rushing touchdowns. There's even with the offensive coordinator leaving, Josh Allen's kind of at a point in his career now where he knows what he wants to do. He's going to do it. Um, I don't really see much, much reason why that would change. Um, so I think it'll be status quo with him. He'll he'll be another amazing fantasy quarterback, which is frustrating. But so I agree with you 100 percent here uh, with Josh Allen. I think he's overall probably the best fantasy quarterback this year and the most sure bet to be the number one fantasy quarterback again this year. I think the only one that's going to really give him a run for his money, and this is just my personal opinion, it's going to be Justin Herbert this year. I love his passing potential. I understand that Josh Allen has the rushing ability, but I just think that offense just has the potential to explode this year. So I would absolutely love that. Um, and there are some rumors that with with the the offensive coordinator change, some people are thinking we might see – a little bit less rushing from Josh Allen this season. So it'll be interesting how that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, Josh Allen, I think, is by far the one you want to throw your dart throw on to be the number one quarterback this year. In redraft, you'd probably get to look at him more into that late second, early third round if you want to get him. If you're going with certain builds where you're looking to have positional advantages, Um, personally, that's not the style I like to go to. But if you like to have that nice stacked quarterback early, he's – Definitely the surefire bet to probably be the number one overall quarterback again this year. Yep. All right, next question. Let's uh, muddle some more chaos into this divisional breakdown. 
So among Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and James Cook, who will have the most fantasy value out of all three of these guys in this committee? Um, so I, I, I think Singletary. Um, wow. Got really, okay. got really hot at the end of last season. Um, 14 points or more in PPR every week from weeks 14 to 18. They kept riding him through the playoffs. Um, he, he was still performing well. Uh, I think I think you'd see Cook take some of the passing work, um, but I, I still see Singletary as being the most fantasy relevant running back in that group. Well, we all know Zach Moss is just that plotter, so he's not going to get a lot of <laughs> Completely bench Zach Moss. I think Singletary will get the work initially, and you'll see him have the fantasy production early, but it's going to be the same thing, I think, with a lot of these early running backs that were drafted this year where I think you'll see James Cook get a lot of the work in the second half and you'll see some nice committee work out of him in the second half, potentially that running back two upside, but the low end of running back two, I think they'll look to get him more involved next year. Uh, so yeah, no, I like James Cook, I think in the second half of the year, but Devin Singletary could be a nice piece in the early weeks, maybe good for your uh, DraftKings accounts if you need to be cheap on that. Uh, but for a fantasy football standpoint, Maybe late round flyer on him. That's about where he was going to just avoid Zach Moss altogether. Yes. Next question. Is Stefan Diggs going under the radar? And is he going to finish as a top three wide receiver this year? I feel like we've been pretty adamant on who we think are the top three. Do you think that Stefan Diggs has that potential still? I mean, he has the potential. I don't think he's going under the radar. I mean, he's still a top tier wide receiver. Um had a season high, 10 touchdowns last season, finished wide receiver seven in PPR leads. But when you think of some of the other wide receivers in the league, I just don't think he breaks that top three. I mean, you got Cooper Cobb, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and, and so on. Um, so I do see it difficult for him to break into that top three, but I still think he's a he's a top-tier wide receiver for sure. Uh, you also saw the Bills um, got rid of Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley. Um, so he's still a top tier wide receiver. I, I could see him finishing top five, but I don't know about the top three. I I'm not, I'm going to say no. It's funny because we get into our divisional breakdown for next week for the wide receivers. So that'll be fun to talk about. I've got him somewhere between that four to six range. I completely agree. I think the wall stops at the top three, obviously with cup Jefferson. It, it just, I, I put him in that four to six range. And I think that's where I would really place him. That second round range is, very good. Um, could he be in the top three? Yes. Listen, Josh Allen elevates the play of all the players around him, which is great for fantasy football. And you may be able to get him at a little bit of a discount if you got to spend a lot more in your auction leagues if that's the style you want to play. So maybe he does go under the radar, radar a little bit. You could spend a little bit less money there. You could draft him a little bit lower and get similar production to the top three. But I think he's right at that line. Um, still a very skilled player for, I think, the second round of most fantasy drafts. Next question I got for you. What is the range in a redraft you are looking to take Gabriel Davis? Oof. Um, he seems quite ranged in most different formats. I'm going to say like the seventh. Um, his, his ADP has him about wide receiver 31 right now. I definitely think he's a sleeper candidate. Um, and I really like him for dynasty. I think he's only 23. Um, but for redraft, I'm going to put him in that six to seven range. It's crazy because there's some formats like basketball where he's going as high as the fourth round. And I think as you get closer to those home 
home fantasy leagues, you're going to see the little bit of homerism come out, especially in upstate New York around where we are, where Bills fans are going to want to take him towards that fourth round. Don't be surprised if he just skyrockets as we get closer to fantasy drafts. I think that range of about six or seven is where I'd be willing to take him. Um, there's a lot of production I think he could have this year, but he's still a little bit scared because we haven't seen that consistency. We saw one monstrous Hall of Fame-worthy game. But listen, I said one Hall of Fame-worthy game. He's got a long career ahead of him, but we don't quite know where that's going to go yet. So while he's very juicy, very interesting, there's a lot of quarterbacks in that range with him that are very interesting and very juicy this year. This just sounds incredibly creepy the way I'm describing it. Let's move on to our next question. And you did. You said it does. Uh, Do we have any interest in any of these other bills Weapons, considering this is a high-powered offense, and we like high-powered offenses in fantasy football, specifically Jamison Crowder or Dawson Knox. Um, yeah, so I I do like Jamison Crowder for where he's going right now. Like I think he's going outside the top sixty. Um, he's supposed to be sliding into that slot role where Cole Beasley typically was. Um, so if he can get in that role and produce, I definitely think you can get value at where you're going to draft him. Uh, Dawson Knox makes me nervous. He's just very touchdown dependent. You also got OJ Howard coming over. Um, so any any work that he kind of takes takes away from Dawson Knox. Um, I mean, if you if you've gone all draft and just completely fell asleep and didn't take a tight end, I mean you could definitely do worse. Uh, but I don't I don't really love the fantasy outlook for Dawson Knox this season. So that's funny because I'm a little bit opposite here. I don't really care for the fantasy outlook of Jamison Crowder out of the slot. I think they're going to look to spread the ball around, and there's a lot of weapons to do that too. Some of that passing work, I think, will go to James Cook, which I think they're both going to work in the middle of the field, and that'll take that away from Jamison Crowder. Listen, they've got two good wide receivers on the outside, and I think the red zone target and threat will be Dawson Knox again. I think they've brought in O.J. Howard to block and be specifically a blocking tight end, and I think Dawson Knox proved that he's got a niche and chemistry with his quarterback last year, so I look for him to still be good and have a good upside. I don't think he'll have as many touchdowns as he did last year. It'll come down a little bit and he will be touchdown dependent, but I see him at that lower end of top 10 tight ends this year, maybe somewhere in that eight to 10 range. I can really see Dawson Knox finishing into that. So I can, if I punt the tight end position in most redraft leagues, I could potentially take Dawson Knox later in the draft and be happy with it. I think. All right. All right, let's let let the fireworks begin. Let's talk about the New England Patriots. The so, New England Patriots. All right. All right. So, already, hold on. Should I ask the question or should I just let you free ball this? I, I know what the first question is, so I can answer that. No, um, no, just have the floor. Go ahead. Okay. So, first I want to address Joe and JJ have been giving Matt Jones a lot of hate lately. You know, the kid's coming off of a – Really good rookie season, and he's just catching hatred from Joe and JJ. Like, they're just drinking bottles of Haterade every day. So his rookie season, 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, a completion percentage of 67.6%. Um, so with 3,800 yards, that puts him fifth all-time for rookie QBs. 22 touchdowns, that puts him eighth all-time for rookie QBs. 67.6% completion percentage. That puts him second highest of rookie QBs. So then I did a little digging. <laughs> the Bears couldn't manage 3,800 passing yards with Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, 
and Nick Foles combined last season. The last time they had a QB throw more than 3,800 yards was back in 2014, and it was Jay Cutler. I was in middle school. Jay Cutler's been playing since I was in middle school. So that was just a veteran coming in, was able to do it. The Jets, I had to go back to, what was it? I think 2015 or 20, yeah, 2015 to find a QB that threw over 3,800 yards. And that was Fitzmagic, who's been in the lead since probably before I was born. So Matt Jones had a great year, great rookie season. I think he, he can make a sophomore jump. But to answer Joe's first question, after I just talked Matt Jones up for 30 seconds, <laughs> I, I don't think he's a QB1 for fantasy football in 2022. I see, I see him on that fringe QB1. I see him in that 12 to 15 range probably. Um, I definitely think he's solid for QB for super flex leads, two QB leads. Um, I would definitely take him there. He's getting Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, all in their second season with the Patriots, um, burning over Devontae Parker. And he's just in his second year in the lead. So I think we could see some better production, but I don't, I wouldn't take it as QB1 for fantasy football, but all this hatred is unjustified. Listen, do this season. Unjustified. You just said he could be top 12. That's a QB1. So, no, your take is shit at this point. I said 12 what? to 15. 12 okay, to 15. Tw- all right, 12 is still a 1. You would have said 13, it wouldn't have been. But anyway, that is not the point. That is still semantics. Listen, the average of 12 the question to 15 is, is like can he be a quarterback a one for fantasy football? The answer is no. 3,800 yards with no rushing upside does not make you a quarterback one. Maybe, maybe a low-end quarterback yeah. two for dynasty. So, maybe that top 24 – but not only that, Justin Fields and rookie. Zach Wilson still have the rushing upside to still be decent in fantasy football, and they're downfield passers. So I can see both of them being better for fantasy football. Where did Zach Mac Wilson Jones. rank last season, Joe? Not as high as Mac Jones, but he's figuring it out. He's got more weapons now than your Jones. So. Also, Zach Wilson, you talked rushing upside. He had like one solid rush that made up like 30% of his season rushing. He missed like four games. So it's not my fault if I can't stay healthy. Well, it's not our fault that your guy's learning like Tom Brady how to fall over. It, but busy. he may be good for football and your team will win games next year. Not Too busy Cooper Bowl, right? but he's just not going to be good for fantasy football. And that's he's okay. Be fine. You can admit it. He's not good for fantasy football, which is, is perfectly fine. Admit he it. Is. He's not good for fantasy football. Good he for is a football, lock. not for fantasy. A lock at a lock at 15. <laughs> take that, take that check to the bank and cash it. Where does Justin Fields finish this year? You know, Justin Fields is talented. I like Justin Fields, but the Bears are just uh, – it's just systemic dysfunction year after year, which just dashes every young quarterback's hopes and dreams. I will so, say they lack a lot of wide receivers on that team, and the offensive line is putrid to this point. Justin Fields' best bet would be to get out of there as soon as possible because the Bears have done nothing to help him. JJ is going to hate us as much as he hates CBS in the mornings when they're just shitting on his Bears. How, how Listen, much have the Bears spent this offseason? Not enough. Definitely not enough to bring in talent. They're looking to rebuild. I think Justin Fields is immensely talented for fantasy football. We saw that last offseason when he had quarterback one upside with not a ton there, but he's got less this year. So I like him in Dynasty. I don't really like him this year. 
Um, I like him better than Mac Jones for upside, but I don't like either one of them for fantasy football this year. But you like Zach Wilson for fantasy football? We'll, we'll get to that one. Your we'll homerism showing, question. yeah. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go to the Nuts Patriots question. Um, ah, got me all fired up. Okay. Reminder, you want me to ask? Hold on. You want me to give you a second to breathe and I'll, I'll, I'll ask the question? Yeah, you I know it's your question. team, but. I'll let you. You didn't ask. <laughs> All right. Will Ramondre Stevenson overtake Damian Harris for the number one role in 2022? And do you like any other of the running backs for late round picks? So running backs for the Patriots is always hard, obviously. Um, Those last six weeks of the season, you kind of saw a 50-50 split between Stevenson and Harris. I almost see it start to leaning more that way. Um, Stevenson. I can hear the stress from Mac Jones's question still clicking because you're going – Stevenson found himself in the doghouse pretty quickly. Week one had that fumble. Wasn't seen again until like week five. Um, so I th- I'm gonna say I think I think Stevenson ends up being the more fantasy relevant running back this season. Um, and I I do really like him for dynasty. It's his second year on the team. Patriots running backs usually you do see a pretty big jump between uh, running backs first season and their second season. Um, so I like Stevenson more. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, Damian Harris, talented, uh, kind of fell ass backwards into a lot of touchdowns last season. The Patriots ranked as the sixth best offense last year, but I think we saw last year what the plan is going into this year will be short passes and running the ball, where you're going to see the efficiency is more of these two being a running back two and a three, I think Ramondre Stevenson by the end of the year will be a running back two. And I think they're looking to kind of kick Damian Harris out the door. Um, not, th- that's my feeling when the drafting appears strong this year. So I think they're going to look for, for Ramondre Stevenson to get more of that role this year. Unless he fumbles, of course. So you better hope he does in a week one or he's yeah. there forever. Um, but yeah, Damian Harris, I think, is a running back three this year, being drafted a little bit too high. I'm not very high on him this year. And I like Ramondre Stevenson's stock a little bit more because he's being taken farther down draft boards. He's someone else that you'd rather want to take in those different styles, like the zero RB or the RB hero strategy. Um, he, he fits that mold. Um, and I think in Dynasty, I kind of like Pierre Strong. I actually looked at him on our waiver wire. Uh, Bill kind of likes weird ass players like that, those middling kind of double set players and I think he kind of fits that um don't like him in a redraft but you know this is always kind of an interesting backfield but you never know what Bill Belichick's thinking which is always a pain in the ass with fantasy football yeah and from a dynasty perspective I mean it, it it's kind of Belichick's MO to let Harris have two decent seasons and then he's gonna go get paid <laughs> somewhere Bill's not gonna resign him for probably what he's gonna ask for um and you're gonna see Pierre Strong kind of fill in that role I think and he's also kind of a, a backup for when James White finally decides to hang up the cleats as well. Um, so I think Pierre Strong was, Strong was a very solid pickup in Dynasty. All right, let's uh, move on to the next question. You nervous Nancy clicking that pen. All right, so what is it going to take for Devontae Parker to be fantasy relevant this year for the Patriots at the wide receiver position? And does he have any chance of overtaking Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar and actually showing viability for fantasy football? Yeah, so so Bourne was pretty much right on par with our wide receiver one last season. Um, him and Myers right around 800 yards 
I think Myers was up in the higher tier of 800. Um, but M Myers received far more targets at 126. Edward had a very underwhelming season, 470 receiving yards. Parker did that last season with Miami in 10 games. Uh, and and really, Edward's not very good. He, did, he had a really good season with the Raiders and kind of cashed in on it with the Patriots, so good for him. Um, but before that, only 300 yards with the Eagles in 2019. Bat-to-bat 700-yard -bat seasons with the Eagles, but he's, he's he hasn't broken that 1,000-yard mark. I think I definitely think you didn't see Devontae Parker take over Nelson Aguilar's spot as far as wide receiver three. So uh, where is Devontae Parker going to finish stat-wise this year? Well, I know I did a uh, – an ill-advised apology about with you that I don't remember what the exact uh, ramifications were. Um, but really, new team, you know, new offense. You got Matt Jones, who's obviously loves throwing to Myers. Um, I'm going to say, like, I'll put it at 600 yards. I feel like the parameters for that apology about were a lot higher than that. Yeah, so the apology about, I think, were 800 yards. And then, like... <laughs> I don't know, an obnoxious number of touchdowns. I didn't I didn't do much research before that, but I'm gonna put it at like I'm gonna say six hundred yards. Yeah, obviously you were a little bit goaded by me on that bet. Uh that's about where I could see him. I really honestly am not looking to draft any of these guys. Um Kendrick Moore. Myers is worth drafting. I do. I really just would avoid this position altogether. Um, like I said, I, I I don't like Mac Jones this year for fantasy football. I'm not saying that one or two of these guys couldn't be fantasy relevant given week to week or be played in a pinch. Um, I just think there's a lot more upside with a lot of different offenses. Yes, the Patriots scored top six, but they did it in strange ways last year, and I think that's going to be a lot to the running game this year with them plethora of weapons on a team that just spreads the ball out so much. You may see the fullback get a lot of touches of one, on a given week. It, it's just, they're strange. They always yeah, have been. Bill bad. feels like he's smarter than everyone. He may be. It, it just never works good for fantasy football. I'm pretty sure we actually got rid of our fullback position. Yeah, it doesn't mean he doesn't acclimate someone into that fullback position. You drafted two running backs. So it's, it's hilarious. Maybe he's got a tight end he wants to stick there. Who knows? All right, does uh, Thornton have any fantasy value late? It's the fastest wide receiver at the combine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. Um, I'm gonna want to wait and see how that goes. It, the Patriots, I think I did. Re we did kind of overdraft him. Um, I think he was projected to go later. I'm excited to see what what he can do. You know, kind of spreading the field out a little bit more with his speed, but. With Myers taking up 120 targets, Bourne and Henry last season combined for about another 150. So that's like that's 270 right there. Um, this is not a huge piece of the pie left. Uh, so I don't see him really be, being fancy relevant for this season. I'd kind of do a wait and see approach on that. Okay, and last question I've got for you uh, for the Patriots, and then you can flip the script and ask any of these questions because you've got them right in front of you, I assume, correct? Yep. All right, last question for the Patriots. Will Hunter Henry or Jonu Smith be a top 10 fantasy tight end this year? I I could see Hunter Henry have another repeat. Um, finished tight end 10 last season. 600 yards, nine touchdowns. 
So, I mean, he accounted for like 40% of Matt Jones's touchdowns. Um, so obviously a red zone target for Matt Jones. I, I see Johnny Smith getting more involved this year, but it might be in different ways. Um, so I could see Hunter Henry doing it. If I was to bet on one of those two, I'd say Hunter Henry to be top 10. Um, yeah, I could see Hunter Henry being right at that edge. I don't know how that'll go when we do the tight end rankings. Um, but I think there's people with a lot more outside. I would rather draft than Hunter Henry. He doesn't overly excite me um, for the Patriots. Not a lot of players, players on this offense, too. I think the one that does excite me the most is Ramondre Stevenson. I think I'm going to avoid the tight end position for the New England Patriots this year. All right. All right. Let's put me in the hot seat and give you the availability to all the shitty buttons on the side of the screen to make fun of me. Go ahead, Ryan. This is my team, so put me in the hot seat. The Jets. We like to bash on my homerism, but I think Joe is oh. a much worse offender than myself. Um, I don't think so. With Zach Wilson's weapons, will it lead to a second-year breakout, or will he crumble under the pressure? All right. Uh, so I, I kind of think that this will lead to a year two breakout. But not in the land of him being a quarterback. One, I think he is a viable quarterback. Two, that you could potentially play against weaker opponents uh, depending on matchups. I think he's got a very tough first half of the season. Second half of the season, though, when he's getting a good repertoire with these younger players, I think he could be very good for fantasy football. I could see him with the added extra game having 4,000 yards. Listen, that's not a very high stake. If Ryan Fitzpatrick can do that, Back in 2015, 2016, I don't think that's very hard for him to do with the weapons that they've given around him. Listen, he's got four decent wide receivers. They brought in two tight ends for him, and he, they brought in Brees Hall to pair with Michael Carter. And the offensive line has been improved over the last three years. This could be the year that the Jets' offense is actually halfway decent. I'm not saying top 10, but I don't think it would be out of the realm of possibility of them being top 15. So, yes, him being potentially, I'll say, a high-end quarterback, too, I think he could get there. Yes, by the end of the year. I think it'll be tough the first half of the year, but second half of the year, I think he's going to play much better. We're going to see that be his breakout as the second half of the year. High-end quarterback, too. Where are you ranking? I'll put him at the end of the year right now. Uh, I'll say 14 at the end of the year. All right, why am I wrong? QB Piece 14. of shit. You just ripped on me saying Matt Jones QB 15, and you're going to put Zach Wilson at QB 14. By the end of the year. Okay, so he would have to have an insane second half. So his first half of the season is brutal. Um, Good stuff. So for him to then make that up in the second half, he would have to go off. I mean, he threw for what? What did he get? Twenty three hundred yards last season. So you're projecting him to almost double. Yeah, if he stays healthy for the entire season, he missed more games. He's got a lot more weapons. They're going to look for him to throw a lot more. So you're saying Zach Wilson finishes ahead of Matt Jones? Okay, Ryan, take all right. Take seventeen games and divide it by if he stays healthy for the entire season. Yeah, we're going to do some Joe math. Divide that over seventeen games. How many yards is that per game? If I was smarter, I should do it in my head. <laughs> Oops. 235.3 yards a game. Why is that unreasonable for him? Not only that, they brought in a running back for teams to keep him honest, so they're not going to stack the box, and they're going to want Zach Wilson to beat them. 
Brees Hall, I think, is going to be a decent weapon for him this year. They've got a good running back. They brought in two tight ends to help him in the red zone, so that should cut down on the red zone targets. I think he's going to have a good understanding of the playbook this year. He's going into his second year of it. I think you're going to see a marginally good improvement from Zach Wilson this year. And how isn't that not feasible for him with an improved offensive line if it stays healthy? If, you, if the right formula works here, why is 4,000 yards out of the questions for him and maybe – I don't know, somewhere between that 23 to 26 touchdown range impossible for him with rushing upside. So I, I don't think Jones, it's out of the I don't think it's out of the possibility. Matt Jones going from QB 18 to 15 is shit, but Zach yes. Wilson going from 30 to 14 is a lock. Not a lock. It, things need to fall right. Um your team will win more games than us this year because you have an evil genius, though. It's gonna it's gonna fall wrong. But I kind of actually agree with you on most of that. Um, I said I don't think he'll be QB one. Um, I don't have him as a surefire QB two. I did say he will have QB two weeks when he's facing some of those weaker opponents in the second half. Um, I just think that first half of the season is going to be freaking brutal, um, and I think that's going to kind of almost tank his season on him a little bit. Um, I don't think so. I think they're going to heavily run rely on the running game early. Um, I don't think that'll really tank him emotionally. Uh, it's going to be tough. I think they would need to really split two and two for him to feel pretty good about him. I think we're really going to want him, like I said, to take off the second half. Uh, anyway, before I really interrupted you, what else were you saying? No, that you pretty much got to I mean, he, he has to play Pittsburgh. He has to play Miami. New England twice, obviously. Buffalo twice, obviously. Um, I mean, you do get to play Jacksonville and Detroit. I don't know. It's going to be tough sledding for for a little bit there. All right. What's the next question? Next question. Will Brees Hall – oh, that's my other question, though. Is okay. with with bringing in Brees Hall and Michael Carter, you know, you mentioned the, the run game. You don't foresee them being maybe more like a run-heavy team in Tatum. No, I think distance value. they were last season. It's going to be the same formula. Um, I think you'll see more of the two tight end sets like they were trying to run early last offseason. Um, and that's why you'll see the running game be prod predominant, I think, in the first half of the year. I think I may have to, and especially in our dynasty league where my homerism has Zach Wilson on my team, I think I may have to bench him a few weeks early in the season, and I think he'll predominantly be good in the second half. They are going to be a run-heavy team, but he's going to have potentially those 300-yard games in the second half of the season. Listen, 230-something is not a high end for him. He may not have a ton of that in the first half, but he's going to have a lot of those in the second half. Hmm. <laughs> you know how many games he had last season where he threw for more than 230 yards? Not many. Three. Yeah, not many. But it was at the end of his – it was at the end of the season when he was starting to come into his own. So, chill out. He was learning what he needed to, and he did at the end of the season. Actually, he threw his most yards week one and week four, and then he didn't have another 230-yard game until week 17. Tampa Bay. Yes. And then oh. he had no weapons the last week against the Bills. He was throwing to – he was throwing to guys I've never fucking heard of. Yeah, I wasn't even going to mention that one. Um, <laughs> and, a break. At least he didn't turn the ball over too much. Well, and as long as he doesn't get Bill Belichick, 
who made you only throw three passes against Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Won't hurt his stats too bad. Um, Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Do you see them splitting carries in the backfield, or do you see one of them taking on a much bigger workload? Michael Carter, I mean, as a rookie, he didn't he didn't look bad. 600 rushing yards, four touchdowns. But do you see him basically, like, do you think we're not going to see that again now that Brees Hall's in? You're going to see that for two weeks. You're going to see a split backfield for two weeks, and then you're going to see Brees Hall's immense talent, similar to what Jonathan Taylor's was, build over that first half. And then he's going to be a three-down bell cow by the second half of the season. I think he's going to be in for a monstrous year this year. You'll see nice, you'll see nice talent, 50-50 split those first two weeks. And then they can go, shit, man, we got to get this kid to rock more. He's just keeping us in these games, in especially against these defenses, which are going to predominantly allow us to pass. He's taking guys off his back with a decent offensive line now. I think Brees Hall, in my bold takes, I said, <laughs> this was a bold take. I don't think this is actually what's going to happen, that he could lead the league potentially in all-purpose touchdowns, kind of fall ass backwards like Damian Harris did into a ton last year. Um, I I could really see him being a top 10 running back this year. I really think that's the high end upside of Brees Hall. Wow. And I like where he's being taken in drafts right now. Love his value. So are you pretty much no value for Michael Carter then? Flex. He's okay. going to get passing work. Um, then again, uh, three down back. Early first half of the season, he'll have value. Second half, he may fade. That sucks because okay. I like Michael Carter. Okay. Next one. Who becomes the number one wide receiver of this offense? How many of them are fantasy viable? We'll talk redraft. Redraft PPR. Um, It's going to be Elijah Moore. L listen, we saw him get separation on many quarters last season. He had a little case of the drop sees when Zach Wilson wasn't throwing him very good balls early in the season. And then with even – veteran quarterbacks, Mike White, Flacco, he was playing well. And then he just took off where there was like a three or four game stretch where he was a top two wide receiver in scoring in fantasy last year. He's proven he can be a number one wide receiver in a very small sample. And I see him doing that again this year. I think he's going to be a high end wide receiver too by the end of the year. Um, he won't be a number one for fantasy. He'd be pretty close, but I don't think he'll be quite to that number. Corey Davis, I think is going to fade. Maybe wide receiver three some weeks, but not a lot of them. Um, Garrett Wilson, I think it's going to take a little bit of time to acclimate. I don't see him being a heavy producer for us in the first eight weeks. Um, maybe those last four or five games of the season, you'll start seeing him take off. Um, I hope we get that OBJ talent, you know, really early for him. That's what they're comparing him to. But I think it's going to take him a little bit of time. Rookie wide receivers take a little bit of time. Elijah Moore is just eventually talented, and I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver on this team, and I'm very high on him this year. Yeah, um, you know, it's going to be hard for him to be a wide receiver one when his quarterback can only throw 2,500 yards a season. But um, I agree. I put him at – I think he is the wide receiver one of this offense. From week 7 to 14 last season, he was on fire. Um, I think he was wide receiver eight in PPR leads for those seven weeks amassed 472 yards and five touchdowns. So really yeah. starting to build that rapport with Wilson. Um, I think he's, I do think he's going to have a great season. 
high-end wide receiver too, like you said. Um, and other than that, though, I don't think I'm really going to look at any other wide receiver on Jets. And I think we're on to our last question, and I can get off the hot seat, right? Yes. Do you like Tyler Conklin or CJ Uzuma as weekly streamers? Yes, I like uh, Tyler Conklin as a weekly streamer. Uh, I don't think I would take him every single week, but he's been shown to get the work with Zach Wilson last offseason. Well, last season, early in the year, they tried to throw the tight end quite a bit. wasn't working out. We didn't have the talented players there. CJ Uzuma is currently injured working off injury. I think he may have a few red zone touchdowns and that's what they're going to look to do with him. But Tyler Conklin seems to be the chain mover for the tight ends in this side. I was more excited about CJ Uzuma early in the offseason, but when I started to see reports and work of him getting a chemistry with Tyler Conklin, I think he's going to be the number one tight end on this team. So yeah, I think if you see those matchups where the Jets are playing teams that are bad against the tight end, I think he'll be good some weeks get top 10 tight end value. If you just completely punt on it and you need a weekly streamer. Yeah. I like Tyler Conklin. Yeah. Pretty much right there with you on that one. And you are off the seat. All right. Let's move on to the fish. All right. I uh, changed up the order of questions. So we're not just talking about the quarterback every single time, but I think okay. we'll have some very entertaining things to say about Tua. All right. So with the dolphins, can Jalen Waddle outperform Tyreek Hill, or will Tyreek Hill have another dominating season simply on a new team? I know this was what you said was the hardest question in our script for this episode. Yeah, I this this was a hard question. Um, obviously, last season we struck we saw a pretty strong rapport building with Waddle and Tua. Um, Waddle had a great season, but it was also a season where he didn't have much competition. So, I mean, he's pretty much the big fish in a small pond, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously you got Tyreek coming there. It's going to be hard to outperform Tyreek and kind of steal those targets. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Tyreek as far as fantasy goes, just because his, his ability just to take any pass to the house and store and his speed is insane. So I'm going to say Tyreek, but... I do see him taking a bad step as far as fantasy value goes. I don't think you see the top five wide receiver Tyreek that you saw over on the Chiefs. I'm going to say Jalen Waddle actually outperforms him this year, and I had to think about this one for a little bit too. Listen, he broke the wide receiver rookie record for most possessions. He's got the chemistry with Tua. Tua is comfortable with him, and I think he's going to be better for fantasy football. Tyreek, I think, is going to take on the adage of being the field spreader, but – well, Ron likes to bring up statistics about him being a decent deep down passer. Uh, I I just I don't think he's going to mesh very well with Tyreek on those downfield passes who's going to have to come back for him. I think people are going to blanket Tyreek, and I don't think you'll see those dominant numbers that he had with Patrick Mahomes who could just have an effing bullet down the field. I, I don't care what the pro football stats say about Tua being a downhill passer, we freaking see what he does. We see what social media does trying to erase his shitty passes. He is not a good downfield passer, no matter how you spread those statistics, Ron. I do not agree with them. Tewitt is not the kind of quarterback that throws it downfield. He throws it to Jalen Waddle because Waddle is a possession receiver and Tua prefers to throw those short passes. Doesn't mean he can't throw downfield. He's just not going to look to. He's going to look to go into his comfort zone 
which is Jalen Waddle this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I Like I said, this was a very hard question for me, so I was super on the fence. Um, either way, it won't surprise me. But, yeah, I mean, no matter how you cut the stats or how you look at it, I mean, two is not Mahomes. So there, there's going to be some difference there. Um, Let me preface this, though, too. They could both be wide receiver ones. Um, I know I'm talking shit about Tua. <laughs> but <laughs> – Listen, Tyree can take it to the house at any time. That's even exactly. with those shitty noodle alarm passes coming from Tua Tunga, by the way. Exactly. I, I don't hate him, but I just don't like where his current ADP is at. Um, and Waddle, I love his ADP right now. Yes. All right. Nice question. <laughs> this, this is a lengthy one. You ready? Yep. Which running back emerges from the backfield, or is oh, it doomed God. for fantasy football committee hell? Chase Edmonds, Miles Gastons, Raheem Moster, who is back from injury and cleared for the start of training camp now. Sony Michelle, Salvin Ahmed, Jared Dokes, Zaquandre White, which is a Dolphins fan favorite who I've gotten research on, and they love him for some reason. Who is the one that emerges from this committee or just let it blow up and ignore it? All right. I... First, I am completely out on this Dolphins backfield. I don't want any part of it. Um, I, I've held on to Gaskin and Dynasty for like two years. I'm out. I'm done. Um, if you forced me to pick one, like if you were like, no, you have to pick one, I I guess I'll go to Edmonds just because of the receiving work. Um, but I'm really out. Count me out. I'm actually rising on Chase Edmonds a bit. Oh, I hate to say that. I see him potentially separating himself in this back. Listen, they can't bring eight to a 53-man roster. A lot of these guys are going to get cut. But listen, Chase Edmonds has been an efficient running back. I think he's got enough passing work to be efficient in this backfield for that noodle arm quarterback. Get some decent work. The next most likely would be Raheem Moster, but he never stays healthy. So look for him to be... Injured and on a stretcher before the end of training camp. So I think the one that could separate here is Chase Edmonds. Listen, they brought him in for a reason. They paid him. Miles Gaskins, they're sick of seeing what they've got with him. Sony Michelle, veteran backup presence, could get some good weeks if this whole backfield gets hurt. Salvin Ahmed will not be on the team. Dokes will be probably cut or practice squad. Zakondri uh, Wright, monitor him for Dynasty. Miami fans seem to like him, so just keep an eye out on that. But I, I like Chase Edmonds. Um, I think he's a good fit for this 49ers style of running back game, which I think he could get some work in. Uh, maybe a running back three currently with two upside, just kind of similar to what I've said with other dudes running backs yes. on the Patriots. Uh, that's about what I see the ceiling yet. All right. What's the ceiling of Tua, Chad Pennington, Tonga Viola? Okay, so <laughs> I'm not a complete Tua hater like you, but I'm also not fully on the bandwagon like Ron and JJ. Um, he's got weapons. He has that, that guy that can just take it to the house and help boost his stats. Um, it's like he has Hill and Waddle that could kind of carry him a little bit. Um, I'll go QB20. You call me a hater. That's pretty bad. 
That is bad, isn't it? Um, listen, he's got great weapons on this team, and he's got a hell of a lot of speed. They're his wide receivers are fast. Um, hell, Raheem Mostert's fast if he stays healthy. He's got some burgers, which means it'll be easy for him to dump off and these players to get a lot of yak. The players are going to make two of better this year, not the opposite way around. And if he doesn't perform, it's going to be very bad for Tua Tungavello. They're going to be looking for another quarterback. And I truly believe that because they were flirting with Deshaun Watson. And that's not something you want going into next year when there's a lot of quarterbacks coming out of this draft. So he better perform. He might play all right. I'm, I know I'm a Tua hater, but it's going to be the players around him that will elevate him and make him look decent on those short passes. I'll stick in between 16 to 18 quarterback two in super flex leagues. You know, kind of a flex player if you need to play a guy in a pinch when he's going up against bad teams. I got a lot of hate for him. He'll probably make it through the season. If he plays beyond that season, who knows? That's fair. That's that's probably a little bit more realistic than what I gave him. All right, and last question on the fish. Do we like Mike Gusecki's upside with dangerous weapons on the outside, or will he finish outside of the top 10 tight ends for this upcoming year? Yeah, so this this sucks for me because I really like Gusecki as a player. Um, the last couple of seasons, he's, he's almost always been on my team. It's just I have a hard time seeing Miami and Tua supporting Tyreek, Waddle, Edmonds, the running game, and Gisaki. Um, I just see his target share going down, and I think he falls outside that top 10. I 1,000% agree with you at this point, too. I think there's too much for Tua to support here. Too many mouths to feed, and the tight end position for the Miami Dolphins is a complete fade for me. Even with Gasecki being a decently talented tight end, um, I think there's just simply too much here. He's going to strictly look at the running back and wide receiver positions. And Ryan, with minimal arguing, except when I got you heated on your team and when you got me heated on mine, we have made it through the AFC East episode. Guys, if you have differing opinions that you want us to comment on or bring up live on the shows, feel free to leave it down on the comments here on YouTube. You can also comment live when we have these shows. Make sure to like and subscribe to the shows. You can also scream at us, like or hate mails at www.garbagetimeff.com. The voicemail bar is on the right side of your screen where you can voice record it. We will play them live on the show every time you voice record it. You can reach out to us on Instagram at Garbage Time Fantasy Football. Or if you don't want to talk to me, you can reach out to JJ on Twitter at Garbage underscore Time FF and he will get back to you with those illustrious Bears opinions. And if you'd rather listen to us in audio format, guys, you can always do that at Apple, Google, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Ryan, is there anything you'd like to say to the heckling fandom before we get out of here? Just that I cannot wait to see in person Matt Jones outperform Zach Wilson on October 30th. We're uh, both going to that game, and it's, <laughs> I've never seen the Jets beat the Patriots live when I'm sitting with Ryan Warner across from me, so hopefully we get our first fucking one a few days before Halloween. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Guys, join us a little bit later in the week, either Tuesday or Thursday, for our uh, rookie draft breakdown, which happened this previous week. That'll probably help you in your redraft and dynasty startups. We did it a little bit later because we wanted to see how these players were going to perform in their rookie 
uh, training camps, but you know that'll definitely help you in your redraft leagues, and we'll uh, break down their fantasy value for redraft dynasty and the trades that got offered, although none of them went through in our draft. Uh, that'll be entertaining for you guys. And without further ado, have a great night, guys. See you on the next episode. Thank you.